Hey everyone, you know, if you like podcasts, this might or might not be the best one you've ever heard. We're not making any guarantees here, but we what we can promise you is what I can tell you right now is that you're probably going to have an okay time. Already having it. That's what I'm saying. There's a bug in there. out there on Anchor or Spotify, if you follow the news <laughs> like I do. This is episode 28 of OK Time. Tonight we're talking about Pink Loud's self-titled EP from a recent year and also Octavia Butler's uh, book of short stories entitled Blood Child and Other Stories. Join us. Steve, do you want to endorse me on LinkedIn for some things since I'm looking for work? As long as it's accurate and true. Well, give me some, like, if I asked you, what would you endorse me for without, like, feeding you information? Well, I mean, you have a Tai Chi dojo. So if you said you did Tai Chi, I wouldn't know that you were lying. I did do Tai Chi in China when I did study abroad in did the you? summer of 2006. Yeah. Are you going to rekindle that spark? No, but I would like to continue my Mandarin language skills and, like, learn somewhere around here because it's all gone away. Is it helpful to do that in a room full of mirrors? Probably not. I should say that I'm Carl Grashit and this is Steve Ellis. I forgot about that. I forgot about who we were too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you could just endorse me for... You got it. Anything. Actually, it doesn't even have to be true. I don't mind ruining my reputation on LinkedIn, <laughs> my sterling <laughs> reputation on LinkedIn for you. Uh, spiritual plus one, uh, okay. p- good pianist. Uh, yep. Okay. Uh, dramatic entrance. Oh, for sure. Like you're like Kramer. No, no, no. No one wants to be like Kramer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even he wants to be like Kramer after what he did on stage. Oh, that's true. No, no, no. Cat guy. Cat guy. Yep. All right. I think we're good there. What do you, I can return the favor. Well, I could brag about how I don't vape. <laughs> All right. It'd be cooler if you had a, a story where you recovered. So like ex vapor, you know, born again work m- worker, but not Christian. <laughs> I'm a born again <laughs> worker. You know, I was really into not working for a long time, but then I finally saw the light. Now I want that job. I want to get baptized in the fountain of pure cold cash cubicle yeah i want to go into a cubicle and you can just baptize me in a bowl of nickels Mm-mm. today i spent the last uh two hours of my workday playing shuffleboard what kind of shuffleboard like the actual on the floor no oh. i've never played have you ever played that yeah because i had grandparents that lived in florida oh i've never played like the um giant my grandparents had uh friends with dime bags and we i won them and I'm not talking about weed. Dime bag? What's a dime bag? Uh, a literal bag of dimes that you'd use to play cards with. What are you talking about? And then you would each put in a dime like it's a poker chip, and then you would win the dimes. You had some broke-ass grandparents. No, they loved it. It was fun. So what uh, What about work, though? Like, you just played it, and then... I mean, it's Friday, you know? Oh, your office is a funky Friday, fun time. <laughs> it's like, freaky Friday. What was that movie? Freaky Friday? Yeah, I think there's a couple. We got freaky. Um, yeah, it was good. For some reason, um, it was uh, Girls Against Guys, 
Oh. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm more of a co-ed mm-hmm. type player, um, but it worked out. I mean, we, we won. I was, um, I was told that I was the all-star of the day. <laughs> you should put, I gotta say, it felt good. On your LinkedIn, co-ed player, all-star for the day. <laughs> Hey, Steven, it's me, Trevor, and uh, accounting. We're headed over to the, the shuffleboard table if you're thinking about playing, my man. They actually asked me and were like, they pretty much thought there was no way I was going to say yes. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. It's Friday, man. It's freaky Friday. Don't you know I'm into it? So we had a, we actually had a great time. I'm glad to hear you're making friends. I wasn't sober. I mean, I was sober, but... There was beer involved too. Oh, they were doing the Friday drinking thing too at work. Yeah, you know, there's a keg. We have a keg at work. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's a good idea. Productivity's down, especially if there's dogs in the office. Well, you know, I was born again. I'm a born again worker. We just don't really we don't get down like that. Teetotaler no. as well. Teetotaler. Speaking of born again, is that your new thing? It worked out pretty well last episode. What are you talking about? Uh, I've, I've assumed that was your uh, transition to the um, interlude. No, this is. You want to go first or second? Um, second, please. Okay. Calling all the shots tonight because I'm born again. I'll introduce it because Sarah assigned it and you weren't here because you were gone. I don't know shit about that and I didn't know you could read. I can read and I read this book in a week because it's, you know, it's shorter. It's like a hundred and some pages. I can count. Is that a book? I feel like you read a brochure. Is what a book? Hundred pages. Oh no, it's like two seven two two seventeen. Sorry, oh, that's a book right there. Yeah. So I read Blood Child by Octavia Butler uh, this past week. It's a collection of several of her short stories. She was a novelist that kind of rose to prominence in the seventies and eighties. Um, in the, in the more difficult, probably to break through at the time, science fiction genre. Mm. And which is notable because at the time it was mostly just people like my stepdad, old and white guys, uh, dominating everything that was read and written. And she, as an African-American woman, um, wrote characters that she could identify with because as she was growing up, she, everything she was reading, there was really no one she could identify with. So she kind of had to create that on her own. And I think that's what's so wonderful about her work. You can also get into these really quickly because you have to, because they're, you know, they're short stories, but I think her ability to explain the world that you're reading about and do so, you know, just in a few short pages is really, really impressive. Um, so I, I would encourage you to read this too, but, um, I don't think so. Um, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be, be clear. Does, um, does Dave write sci-fi? Dave who? Coulier? (laughs) No, it's not your stepdad's name. Oh, yeah. No, I just meant like when I talk about old, old white guys now, I just think of my stepdad. He's like, well, I mean, if you want to talk about robotics or boat travel, I'm I'm your guy. You're familiar with my uh, my dad wrote a porno. Yes. I thought we could maybe maybe pivot into 
my stepdad wrote a Afro wrote Afrofuturism. He could not write Afrofuturism. <laughs> it, it would be everything about that would be wrong. No, Dave. Okay. He could write a like a rom com novel about being on a boat. I love that the first I say Dave and the first Dave you think of is Uncle Joey. Uh, yeah, cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> just I want to note that he's a Michigander, Red Wings fan also. Hmm. Um, so Octavia Butler's collection of short stories, it has probably like six or seven. I've got it in front of me, six or seven of the short stories. And then there's a couple of essays that she wrote. Uh, I want to just talk about a few of them. So she won a few awards for one or two that were in here, but the first one, Blood Child, let's just confirm this since I have it in front of me. Yeah. Blood Child is the one that she is most well known for. And it's basically, uh, humans have left earth and they're now living on an alien world and the aliens use them to, as hosts to grow their, their eggs in the larva. So the early aliens set up a reservation where the humans are protected from harm. But in, in order to live there, every family has to give up one of their kids to act as a host. So the alien has a relationship with a specific person in a specific family, knowing that at some point in their lives, they're going to have to get injected with the alien eggs. And in the story, it's a, it's a man, it's a young boy. He's probably like, he comes of age, he's probably like 18, but he finds out that he's, the time's come, he's got to be injected with the eggs and impregnated. So, um, far out, man. Yeah, it was far out. But like, what's impressive about her writing is that within, you know, two, three pages, I understand the world that I'm reading about. I know like it's a crazy far-fetched situation. You know, obviously it's sci-fi, but like within a matter of minutes, I was like, oh yeah, this person just, the, the aliens are called Tlick. And if you are impregnated, you're N apostrophe Tlick. So I was like, oh yeah, he's going to be in Tlick very soon. So like <laughs> you can't suck someone in like that without being really talented, I think. So I, I would be excited to, um, to read this just from that quick introduction. Yeah. And that's just the first one. And good thing we're friends because I'll, I'll let you read it, but you have to give me $5 a day for as long as it takes you to read it. We were friends. <laughs> uh, the other stories, let me just think of a couple. There's one where um, humankind has lost the ability to speak, but they can still like everybody communicates with not even sign language, just by like gesturing and like uh, various patterns. And they, they make their identities known with a, a pin that they put on themselves like a certain symbol or something. So this, this woman had to travel around and try to find her family, but in, interact with people and the various things are happening. There's one where an infectious disease has created a whole cast of, of humans. And they, they basically have this disease where I think by the, by their mid thirties, they, they lose their minds and start um, destroying themselves by like digging into their skin and like not in a cannibalistic way, but something similar to that. It's just kind of fascinating. And then they find somewhat of a cure, but it's not really a cure. And then the other thing that's great about this is after every story, there's a little um, background of the story from the author. So mm -hmm. she's like telling you how she came up with the inspiration behind each story and where she was and her life at the time. So that's really insightful into either a, how long it took her to write or B where her mind was in order to come up with that. So that's another great thing about this book. Can you um, remind me when this book came out? 
Okay, so it was originally published in 1995 oh, okay. uh, and then republished in 2005 with an expanded edition that contains two additional stories, and that's the one that I have. But the thing to remember is that all these short stories were published at different time times in her career, so like different mm-hmm. decades, but all, all collected into this single book. So these might be 80s and 90s. More like 70s and 80s and maybe 70s. even 60s, like she, oh, she wow. started writing early on in, in her life. Cool. And what's neat too is some of the essays are just written by her as herself. So one of them, she's talking about her process and becoming a writer and all the rejection she faced and how she thought initially like the rejection was part of like the rite of passage of being a writer. But then she even had advice for people that may be considering a career in writing and like what you got to do and how you got to do it and how you got to push through all that negativity in your mind. So I thought like as, as a single book, like all these different things, I thought that was really fun to kind of switch from a story about a person getting impregnated with alien eggs and then reading about how to become a writer like, and then hearing her background and the different stories. So it was really fun. And I, I enjoy sci-fi. As you know, I talked about Animorphs multiple times. <laughs> you got accused of not really being into sci-fi last week. Yeah, whatever. I try to chill them. To, I try to get them to watch Star Wars and they fall asleep. So um, I I really loved it. I, I I give this book four bugs in there. It was a good book. I really enjoyed it. I would read it again and I would like you to read it. That's not your assignment, but I will just you know loan you this book. I'm going to come cool. up with a haiku right now. Oh, you're going to write it right now. Mm-hmm. Alien eggs. Wow. They seem to be inside me. That kind of sucks, dude. <laughs> Gotta say, for the off the uh, off the cuff, is that what I want to say? Off your schmuff. <clears throat> I don't even know if I could do the five seven five thing like you just did. You you you're like um, LinkedIn. Let's. Uh, I, I, <laughs> we need to add that haiku hottie. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, I literally just look. I'm looking at my hand, and I count each finger as I'm saying it out loud. That's the key. Innovator too. Innovator. I'm a real, like I saw somebody's LinkedIn today. It said like over 25,000 connections. Like shut the fuck up, dude. Who cares? Like that's like saying you, that's like having a bunch of friends on Facebook and you don't know all of them. So shut up. Did you say you commented, right? No. Oh, later. I didn't. Yeah. Maybe I'll think about doing it anyway. I'm still, I'm still waiting on your LinkedIn connection request. So anytime you want to, that's not true. We're connected. I know that's not true. Uh, no, I don't get it. Cause I'm Carl Grashit. <laughs> right. I don't, <clears throat> I don't get it either. You know what I do get interludes. Sarah, but so Sarah signed you Pink Louds' EP, also called Pink Louds, P-I-N-C-L-U-L-O-U-D-S. I can spell Louds. Do you and me? I know how to spell. Uh, I had never listened to Pink Louds before Sarah started playing them in the kitchen, and she played it, and then we all danced. Like Rosie, my two-year-old, really loves to dance, and 
most of all of the songs on this uh, EP. We put them out in the kitchen in the I home, whatever the speakers are called. Rosie was dance dancing fool, so she was a dancing fool, and it it was really fun to see her joy. I Instagram storied it, and then I tagged that band. And they, they loved it and they responded back and I thought that was fun. And then they told me about an upcoming full band show in Brooklyn. Oh, we, wow. It'll be hard for me to get to, but I thought that I, I just like social media for that reason. Like I can share a joyous moment with them and you know, they can respond back. Great. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Do you find, I feel like I, I f- f- found this, uh, this is probably, probably my experience every week, but I was curious if you also feel this way. When I first sit down to take notes and write down thoughts every single week, I'm like, I can't do this. This is not like I can do this, but I'm not going to come up with anything worth sharing. And, um, but I'm going to try it anyway. And then like within, I don't know, 20 minutes, I'm like, well, you know, I have three paragraphs of thoughts and it just kind of happens slowly where I'm like, by the end of it, like, all right, I mean, I have a lot of stuff, so mm-hmm. maybe it won't be good, but at least I did it. Yeah. I think when we first started this podcast, I felt completely unorganized and ill-prepared to speak about any any artist, any band. And I, I felt like I was approaching it more as like a critic. And then I felt like, who am I to be critiquing this? But also like, who am I? Because I don't know like enough about music to be able to speak coherently about it. But then, you know, over time I prepared by taking more notes and just writing down my own experience to it. So not like trying to review it, but just talk about it in a way that made sense to me. So I I just take notes now and I approach it that way. All right. I guess we can move on. We're on the same page. Do you agree with that? I do. I lay my heart out on a stick and you just, you just fillet and eat it. (laughs) I haven't seen Rosie dance yet. I don't oh, think. Man. We'll play this album next time we see you. It's really funny. She's like, uh, I'll send you a video. She's like flipping or doing a hair flip and like, oh, like really oh, funny. I did. See, okay. I did see that. I just haven't seen it in person yet. It's really, really funny. Yeah. So when Sarah first gave this to me, I, I listened to it. I think I was leaving, leaving your house or something and had it on my phone in the car. So it was not ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I don't know if you know this, but I don't, there's no way for my phone to go through the speakers in my car. So it was just the phone coming through the phone speakers, which sounds awful, Yeah, but I was n- not having it. Like the <laughs> first, <laughs> first song I was like, I, there's no way I can listen to this whole thing. This is so annoying. But then like, so that was just the initial reaction. And it, I felt like it was circus jazz. <laughs> and I felt like they were trying, like they, that was their goal was to be irritating. And then I listened to the whole thing a few days later and still, I felt similarly. And it reminded me of my relationship to su- sushi, which is, I know it's a a great food that people really love. And it's like this, this, um, kind of peak experience for a lot of people. I don't really like it and I don't need it. I don't ever want it, but I, I am truly happy for people that enjoy sushi. (laughs) That seems like fun. I love sushi. Great. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Um, but then like my next, 
attitude toward this was, well, that's, um, I'm sort of dissatisfied with my reaction to this. Uh, there's more to it than, yes, I find it irritating, but it's also really strange. And I, I think I kind of like how, uh, strange and un- just, um, not really, there's, there's, um, some ways that it sounds like certain other bands, but like the combination of these sounds felt really unique and that, that was cool. So I decided I'm just going to listen a bunch of times. It's really short, five songs, 21 minutes. So I'm going to listen to it. I don't know, 15 times this week and see what happens. So four times in, I decided that I think this approach is working feeling like I'm still not fully on board, but I'm starting to, my relationship to it is starting to change. It's becoming more familiar, which always helps. I mean, it even helped in with, um, Adele, like the more Mm -hmm. I listened to it, I was like, I totally hate this, but (laughs) it's more and more familiar, which like, it's, it's hard to hate something that uh, feels familiar. Right. You know what I mean? I do. So I did, like I said, I was getting into how odd this stuff is and this, the way that the lead singer sings felt it's referencing certain things. It seems, or is it's like you can kind of hear the, some of the influences maybe, but just the way the style is completely crazy. So I was going to say it's, it's like old timey. It is old timey. Yeah. Um, then as my feelings were starting to change, I wrote down, um, tried to describe what I was hearing using the first song shaking as an example. The first thing you hear are weepy, melancholy guitar and, uh, vocals. And then this Jonathan Richmond clean tone strumming. You start to hear once the vocals kick in and there's, um, lyrics rather at first it's like. Uh, oohs and ahs and stuff. Um, it sounds like Billie Holiday. That was like the first reaction I had. And then you hear a stand up bass, and I was like, oh, that's unexpected. The drum kit, you get the feeling that it's like a v- very bare bones kit. Like there's not much to it. That song slowly kind of builds, and the chorus gets pretty crazy and has these different um, vocals layered on top of each other and felt like crazy birds buzzards (laughs) then it gets even more intense at the end there's this bridge that kind of has a surf groove to it and then the end gets really wild and there's these like lower register vocals that reminded me of wesley willis um kind of grunting in a way and then there's this four count that i am gonna describe as um a sick pig vocal. <laughs> vocal. <laughs> um, so it's intense. And I like at this point, four or five times in, didn't really like it, but was like, this stuff is super weird and it's intense. And I like that. Um, I over, by the time I hit like 10 times, I started to really like it and appreciate it. And then I wrote some things about trying to describe the sound so sidewalk condoms on a Mardi, Mardi Gras morning, uh, candy coated and glittery, honest and strange, very Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> <laughs> a barbershop that cuts hats instead of hair, uh, Michelle Gondry versus John Waters in a diorama making contest, 
Monster Squad off off Broadway. Would that make it on Broadway? Double negative. That's what I'm saying. Um, that fucking pterodactyl just took my funnel cake <laughs> and bedtime for Bonzo Rock. That's my giant underpants. Do you know? <laughs> do you know? I think you might be too young for be- bedtime for Bonzo. Did your parents ever say that to you? No, Maybe I know. Bozo the clown. No, it's like my mom and dad, and I've heard other people talk about it, or at least I've confirmed that it wasn't just my family. My parents used to say that before we went to bed when we were little. And I don't know the origin, but I think it has something to do with a film that Ronald Reagan was in. Hmm. If my dad ever said that to me, I wouldn't speak to him again. (laughs) Why do you think I haven't talked to my dad in 32 years? Because him and I got into that argument at that party. That's funny. It's funny you uh, refer to it as an argument because my dad apparently remembers it fondly. We're referring to a joke where I, I, you're, you and my dad are on good terms. Let me just say, I was re- making a joke before about how he, I, he had referred to me as a dick the first time he met me, but that didn't happen because it was a fun exchange. I don't want anyone to think that we don't like each other. I like your dad a lot. Okay. Thanks. Me too. Um, I I try to. F- I just wanted to find out more because the so the it seems like the singer whose name I would have pronounced as Claudie I heard pronounced in a YouTube video as Cloudy um, Cloudy Love seems to be like the driving force and songwriter. And I saw some videos with her playing uh, solo, mm-hmm. and that was for me. Maybe I think I enjoyed that more. Cause they were just really, the songs were stripped down. Well, in some cases she was playing a sampler and sampling vocals and then layering vocals that way. And then would play uh, guitar and sing. Hmm. Um, it was technically very impressive and sounded seamless. Like she was nailing it. Then there were other, there was some other stuff on YouTube that led me to believe that I would very much not want to be at one of their shows. Um, there's a lot of puppets. There's like uh, actors and dancers. And I, I think I'm just too uptight for adults playing with puppets. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen videos of them, but I'm, I'm really not feeling the uh, bear mask that the bass player wears. I haven't seen. It's uncomfortable. It's like this cartoon bear face that he's like turned kind of sideways toward the singer playing stand up bass, but the bear's head is on the side of his head. Hmm. So like it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. Gotcha. So if you could um, let them know on Instagram to just please stop doing that, I could be a fan. I'm not doing that. Oh, um, yeah, so I completely um, kind of came around to this and really appreciated it. And um, I wrote two haikus. One is, it's Dwayne's last day. <laughs> Why is that funny? Because <laughs> I'm thinking of Dwayne's drone. Just go ahead. It's Dwayne's last day. Someone brought cake and soda. We sang it was weird. <laughs> and then the other one is, do those birds seem rude? Can a bird even be rude? Those bo- the, those birds. <laughs> do those birds seem rude? Can a bird even be rude? Those birds are for real. <laughs> Tongue twister and a haiku. Love it. I want to give it three bugs. This was a good album and I enjoyed it. I would listen to it again. So I, I liked it. I think it's 
cool. I think it's strange. And I think that there's aspects of it that I'm uncomfortable with because I am a killjoy. Oh, I read the, I gave my, sorry to derail, but I gave my book four bugs, but I read the review for three bugs. So let me just say that that book is one of my new favorite books and it has earned a spot on my regular rotation. Can you just put that back in there? Yeah. Sorry that I messed up what you were saying. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you later. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we should end it. We should end it like that. Totally. We have, we kind of have to at some point, but not this one. Oh my God. So these song, this, every song on this, uh, EP is very potent. So I'm, I'm only going to add two to the mix shaking and last chance at love, which I think is a really pretty song. And, that was one of the ones that has a solo performance of just cloudy in and I'm assuming uh, her apartment. And it was nice. It reminded me of Rocky Erickson's. Mm -hmm. Have you, have you ever seen the video of him playing? It looks like maybe it's his basement. He's playing the song for you. I don't think I've seen the video. It's uh, I'll find it and send it to you. It's really sad and, but also touching. Okay. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say about that. It's a, it was a wild ride, and um, I'll thanks Sarah on LinkedIn. <laughs> Plus So I'm glad you asked. Song of the week is uh, the song For You. Not the Rocky Erickson version, but a version by Angel Olsen. Mm. Do you know her? Isn't she like, shut up, kiss me. Da, ba, ba, ba. Yeah, that's right. Um, so she put out a record in 2017 of rarities and unreleased songs. And there's a cover of For You on there. And it's awesome. Sweet. Have you, do you know any songs to add or whatever? I'm not ashamed to say that I first heard this song on the Infinity War movie. Oh God. Audio slave. <laughs> no, it's, it's the part of the movie that goes to the guardians of the galaxy and they have good soundtrack music from the seventies because his character was taken from earth as a kid in the mid seventies. So his, his only possession is a, tape player with a bunch of songs that his mom made for the tape. So this song was one of them. It's by the spinners. It's called the rubber band man. And while I was Googling it, I found out that the spinners originally are from Ferndale, Michigan. They formed in Ferndale, Michigan. Get the F out. Yep. So add it. It's a great song. Rubber band man. Not the TI song, but it's called the rubber band man by the spinners. Add it. Okay. Here come the rubber band man. You're about to lose your man when the rubber band starts to jam. I like it already. It's good.
Steve, what about for next week? I feel torn. You go first. I have two things in mind, and I don't know which one I'm going to give you. Uh, I'm going to have you watch this Netflix documentary that, well, it was originally produced outside of Netflix, but I think Netflix bought it. It's called Abducted in Plain Sight. It's about this family and one of their daughters that they let their family friend abduct and then try to marry. And it's like, the, it's it starts off, you feel sad and sorry for this person, but because of the way the family treated this whole situation over the course of the documentary, you end up just being really, really angry. You can't believe how naive these people are. So enjoy. I hope, I hope watching it provides you some relief. <clears throat> All right. Um, let's see. Since that sounds like a pretty depraved ride, I'm going to give you uh, The Ruiner from 2008. It's a LP from a band called Made Out of Babies, which was a Brooklyn uh, brutal rock band, uh, Jesus Lizardy, okay. female fronted, super gnarly. Made Out of Babies? Made Out of Babies. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Glad that's settled. Yeah, I put that on my LinkedIn, Made Out of Babies. Thanks for listening to episode 28 of OK Time. We are produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings. And I'm Steve Ellis. I was joined by Carl Grashit. We can be followed on social, me at Harefort, Carl at Carl Grashit, Sarah at Sage Thrasher. Um, Sarah only wants to talk about Swedish things on Instagram, so keep that in mind. If you listen to podcasts on an app that allows reviews or star ratings, hook us up on LinkedIn. Our intro and outro music is the Hokkaido Concern from Newark, Delaware. We have to say about them, Carl. Don't add them on LinkedIn. Nope. What else? Um, I got everyone that sent me um, their credit cards in the mail. I got them. Thank you so much. I'm going to put them in the freezer for a few months and then I'm just going to go spend that money. We'll be back next week uh, for episode 29, which is our second to last episode of this season. That's right. We are breaking this mess into seasons and season one is 30 episodes. So look forward to taking a break, not talking to Carl or Sarah for, well, I'll talk to Sarah, but I need a break from Carl for at least six weeks. And then, then we'll be back. That's not why we're doing it. More, more next week. Say that's right, Steve. That's right, Steve. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah, I want to go into a cubicle and you can just baptize me in a bowl of nickels. <laughs>